You've never seen Streetcar Named Desire, right? No, but I did watch. But you've seen Simpsons the Simpsons episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Can't so. you hear me Yella? You're putting <laughs> me through hella. Stella. Stella. So that's the one. <laughs> Another episode of Nonplussed. That's Clancy. And that over there is Josh. And we're back. We are back. Um, I'm back from New York. I was in broad in I was in Broadway Con. I was. I was in I was in Broadway Con in New York where I was working for Broadway Con. Yeah, and uh, it's good to have him back. It definitely was a uh uh a long time that he was gone. I was gone five days. I know, but like it was lonely without my husband. Well, look, it's not my fault you chose to watch and the band played on by yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I watched Milk and that on the <sighs> same day. <laughs> so, you know, that's me. But, you know, hey, I'm just trying to, I'm you know. I'm feeling sad and lonely. I know it'll help. <laughs> well, it was just one of those opportunities. It's like we to don't, cry. Well, a lot it's a good by yourself. Of, it's a good moment of catharsis, you know. Jeez. So. Anywho, yeah. um, what movie did we watch this week, Clance? Well, this week we watched Princess and the Frog. We watched The Princess and the Frog. Um, so this movie was directed and written by Ron Clemens and John Musker. Yep, and they uh, co-directed Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Hercules, right? Yes, they did. Uh, they, uh, I don't know if they wrote those. I didn't go that far in my research, but they did our research and we should mention one. on Wikipedia yes. and IMDb. IMDb and because we uh, cite our sources here at Nonplussed. There was another like, mouse wiki. I don't know what it was. We I'm mostly sure. cite our sources here at Nonplussed. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. We will put it in the show notes. Uh, so other notables in this one, the music in this is by Randy Newman. <laughs> um, you'll know his work from movies such as Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., and Cars. I just always think about that Family Guy episode, and it's like post-apocalyptic, and they come upon Randy Newman under an apple tree. What? You don't remember this one? And he's just like, there's that lady, she's walking, eating that <laughs> apple once, <laughs> twice. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. The whole joke is that Randy Newman just sings what he sees. And that was my horrible Randy Newman. I think every episode, there's going to be an opportunity for me to do a God awful impression. I think it's, I think it's really great. I love it. I think it's endearing because I think I'm adorable. Well, you are. Thanks. <laughs> so this was released on the uh, 11th of December in 2009 in the U S um, they uh, did release it. Like they did like a limited release early on uh, in LA and New York, like mm-hmm. two weeks before that. Um, but ultimately it went out to most of the world, uh, in December. It was released wide in December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the runtime is 97 minutes. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's pretty good length. It, uh, grossed $270 million worldwide. So it made some coin. Yes. Uh, so this one received three Oscar nominations, uh, got Ooh. one for best animated feature. And then two uh, for its achievement in music for original songs. So they actually nominated two songs from it. Oh, wow. Um, bad news is it lost uh, to the best animated up, which I mean, hey, it's a Disney property. It's all going to the same place. Yeah, but. Um, and then uh, Crazy Heart got the uh, the music. This is the first movie or sorry, Disney feature movie to feature an African-American princess. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty big. But how many Disney movies have featured old white men? This movie takes place in 1926 in New Orleans. Or is it New Orleans? Now, <laughs> it's interesting because when you sing it, it's almost always New Orleans. Well, because it's, it's got more musicality to it. And what about this cast list? This cast is amazing. Okay, so Tiana is played by Anika Noni Rose. Now, I she first burst into the awareness of young theater gay Josh when she was in um it's a musical called Carolina Change 
Okay. Which is about to be revived on Broadway. And yeah, it's, there's a singing washing machine. It's amazing. A singing washing machine. We'll talk about it later. It has nothing to do with this movie, but that's, I, she performed at that Tony awards and I was like, who is that? And it's an adult woman who looks like a small girl. And well, I mean, she's, she's teeny and she's in dream girls. She plays, she plays Laurel in dream girls. The little one. Uh Oh, Mr. Early. You know, she's all fawning (laughs) over him. Um, so yeah, she just, she's, she's a, a Broadway voice. She's, she had just done dream girls and then she got this. Um, and then Bruno Campos plays Prince Naveen post Princess and the Frog. He's been on like Ghost Whisperer. He was on Private Practice. Oh, anytime Prince Naveen has popped up in something, he still voices Prince Naveen. But he, he is very attractive. Oh, he is very attractive. <laughs> um, Dr. Facilier is voiced by Keith David. And you know him from so many like he is a Disney voice. I'm pretty sure he was the voice of Goliath and Gargoyles. Yes, 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 yes. He was Goliath in Gargoyles. Red. And then like he did English voices for Princess Mononoke. Who's next? Who's next? Michael Leon Woolley as Lewis. He is currently in AG and the Queen. Yes. He's the blind roommate. The blind drag queen. Yes. And he was also in Dreamgirls at the very beginning as Tiny Joe Dixon. Oh, yeah, that's right. It comes full circle. Yes. Jennifer Cody voices Charlotte LaBeouf. Jennifer Cody, I knew because she was in the original cast of Urinetown on Broadway. And it's a, honestly a waste that she doesn't get a song in this movie because she has a big voice. That's oh, just I, I mean, super fun to. Yeah. Um, she, she sings duet on snuff the girl. Uh, and it's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> Jim Cummings is voices. Ray Jim Cummings also voices Winnie the Pooh. Oh, and Tigger. That's how. Okay. Yes. That's why that sounds familiar. Yeah, but I mean that accent though. It's a, it's rich. It the is Cajun rich. accent and it's is so rich. Good. And then Oprah Winfrey plays her mother Eudora. Yes, and she gets the first line in the movie. Oh, you're right. She does. She's the first spoken line in the movie, and I wonder if that was in her contract. Probably, but well, also give it to her. Right. Uh, the three that I just three more that I want to call out. Um, Jennifer Lewis is Mama Odie. She's right. the um the older woman from Blackish. She's hilarious. Yes. And and is hilarious on social media and is an activist and follow her on Twitter and wherever else. And then Terrence Howard is James. Terrence Howard from Empire yes. and from Iron Man. And then what else? Who else? Oh, and then Sully. I mean, John Goodman as Big Daddy LaBeouf. <laughs> the first time he walked in, I was like, Kitty. But he's also got a good accent, though. Like he was. It's a yeah. He does that rich kind of like just southern white dude. All right. Well, let's get into this movie. Let's talk about it. So uh, it opens um, with uh, Eudora finishing a uh, princess dress for Charlotte. Yeah, we get that that little line sung at the very beginning. That little um, I don't know what the musical term for it is, but that she sings us in, and we zoom in from what at first kind of looks like the exterior of the haunted mansion. Oh yeah, kind of. So we come in and then we come in through that window, the tower window, and Eudora is telling, yes, the girls, the story. Yeah. And they were telling the story of the frog prince yeah. and Charlotte, who's strangling a cat at this point. Oh my God. <laughs> that cat sounds so sad. Lots of dresses in this room too. She's so yeah. Eudora's mother is apparently a, a seamstress, a sewer, uh, and she makes clothes for rich white people. Um, John Goodman comes into the room. He da- kitty <laughs> playing um, big daddy <laughs> and he is a big daddy. He is a big daddy. He pulls out a puppy from nowhere. I, I don't know where that puppy After was. ordering yet another dress. Yeah. Uh, yet another princess dress for Charlotte. And she's just like, yeah, sure. This, it was a good introduction to all of these characters. It was. Yes, absolutely. But I, I don't know. This might be my white guilt, but watching the, that panning shot, this is where the people with money live and this is where everybody else lives. And it's just like, you know, those manses into row housing and it's just, it's a little irky. Yeah, it is. The movie gets right past it. It does. (laughs) But yes, they're having, they're, they're having a wholesome moment where they are, uh, they're, they're making some gumbo. Yeah. And she's, Um, she's adding the flavor adding that Tabasco. Yep. Which, uh, come to find out, Tabasco's been around for forever. Yeah, it, um, <laughs> since 1868. It's on, um, gosh, what's the place called? Something Island, Ayers Island, something like that. It's south, okay. it's south of Lafayette. Mm. Um, but they still, like, they're still there. They get factory tours. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't really like Tabasco. I've never really been a Tabasco fan. I love fan. the Chipotle flavored Tabasco. Yeah. Which is to say, I like my Tabasco smoky. <laughs> smoky smoky tabasco. tabasco is my stage name. <laughs> yeah, they're making gumbo in the uh, in the kitchen. And he has this dream of like, oh, that's where we get the, the restaurant, right? He they're, talks about how food can bring the fam, family together and people from all walks of life. And this is the big dream and the big setup. And we're going to do this one day. And they send her to bed. And she's wishing, I, I want to get this restaurant with my father, remember? Because that's the thing is, she's going to wish on the star, but he says, you know, you've got that the star wishing to only get you halfway there. Yeah, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. And she does. Which, and she does, but we just saw this little white bitch <laughs> who puts in no work. Yeah. And the juxtaposition is just maddening. It anyway. Is. So she goes to bed and they cut like it's time shift 13 years. We see the bedroom like and then it, yeah. it shifts and some details shift. Yeah. And this is where I like I put a note down that I really enjoy the animation style of this movie. Yes. Um, it's it's got just a it's got kind of like almost like Lady and the Tramp vibes. It's very reminiscent of Mary Blair, who did a lot of the Disney early like oh, um, that's right. Concept art. Mm-hmm. We cut to her basically getting ready for work because she is a waitress at Duke's Cafe. Well, she's getting home from work. Oh, that's right. And where then, she was a nighttime waitress. <laughs> yeah, she's and you see her like putting her money in the in the drawer. Like she's, she's got a bunch of money saved up, and then uh, hits the bed, and then her alarm goes off. She gets up. She heads off to her uh, her day job at Duke's mm-hmm. Cafe. Well, yeah, it's the um, it's down in New Orleans. Yeah, down in New Orleans. Oh, the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got Down in New Orleans, the song. That's where all of that's transitioning. And yeah, we get a lot of the exposition, exposition basically through montage. Naveen shows up. Yeah. He's a prince. He rips all of his clothes off on the boat and is in super casual stuff. Comes down that gang playing, flirting with the ladies while his fat friend toddles behind him. It's not his friend. It's his valet. What was his name? Lawrence. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's got a bunch of bags and, you know, he's trying to wrangle. Bless him. You know, he's he's do, he's trying to do his best. He's trying to do his job. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I don't fault Lawrence for a lot. No. We get we just get real close to him being racist. <laughs> we'll get to yes, it. Yes, but yes, yes, yes. For yes. the most of the for at least until you know the the sin of greed befalls him. He's just trying to do his job. Yeah. So she uh she starts doing her or she gets to the the cafe, starts waitressing. Um is really good at it. Like yeah. she's juggling those plates, delivering everything. Everybody's got a smile. She's making, she's beignets. got a, she's got a remark for the chef. She's got a, a hello. How do you do to a regular customer? Yeah. And then she's um, got it together. She's got it together. And then her friends summon her over. They're like, Oh, Hey, we gotta go dancing later. Mm. You know, she's working that that's my thing. Like, and there are the one friend who's just like, I told you she was she's got two jobs. Yeah. It's, Ugh. pump the brakes a little a little bit a little bit um big daddy and uh big daddy <laughs> charlotte charlotte they come in yeah you come in they get served beignets mm-hmm. which i mean we've had the beignets at disney i'm My all on board God, for beignets. i miss beignets yeah sad thing is i can't have them anymore do they not have gluten-free ones no mm-hmm. not at disney but yeah, they come in. Charlotte then convinces Tiana to bake a bunch of There's no beignets. convincing here. They come in talking about Naveen and how they're going to throw this masquerade. And when Big Daddy crams a beignet in Charlotte's mouth to get her to shut up for five seconds, that's when she thinks, oh, these delicious beignets will win me a man. Tiana, here's a literal hand, two fistfuls of money. Will you make beignets for me? There's no convincing. Yeah. She just gave her the down payment for the restaurant. Think about how much cash that man is carrying around with him at any given moment. Yeah. It was a lot. It was literal fistfuls. The money is great. The money is great. This money spends like any other money and I will take this money and I will get my restaurant. So across the room, we cut to Dr. Facilier reading a newspaper, kind of eavesdropping on this whole situation, mm-hmm. realizes that Prince Naveen is going to be going to this masquerade. And so he wants to get in on that action without any dial. I, I would say this is brilliant acting, but really it's just good animation. Like we get all of this sort of machination just from his, his face and, and what we, yeah. what we saw of him in the, um, in the montage. Right. We then cut to the mill where she's going to be converting it into her restaurant. Yeah, um, she got all that money. She, she even says right there at the end of that scene, she's like, this is enough money. Thank you so much. I'm going to go start my restaurant. 
and just does it. She goes to the um leaves to that the, guy with the eggs weird falling onto the bell. <laughs> quasi twin realtor brothers. Yes. Um and they she you know she gets the mail. She They're takes, the thinners, by the way. Yes. And she and they're thinner to get up my ass in a minute. <laughs> um I don't like those guys. Yeah, no, they're kind of the villains of this movie. But I, ultimately, um, all of this is their fault. <laughs> so they go into the mill and Tiana is so happy. So happy. And she's, she's just like, doesn't it make you want to cry? And her mother goes, yes. Shade. Pretty much. Shade, Lots Oprah. Of shade. <laughs> so much shade. Because yeah, she's so excited. Is, this place is very run down. There's a hole in the ceiling. It's like, a fixer. There's, there's a lot that needs to be done here. And so she's she doesn't really see the potential. But Tiana does, Absolutely and we does. get a great montage this for, while she sings almost there. Mm-hmm. And it, the animation style completely changes. And then it's it's very flat and very just two toned. I want I want every major shot in a print framed. It's yeah, gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. So she's singing almost there, which is kind of her uh It's her I wish song, but yep. even the I <sighs> I don't know why I'm getting so frustrated about this and I don't know why it's the perspective that I have, but even this princess's I wish song is I've been doing this perfectly my entire life. I have been working hard. Everything I want is so close. I'm almost there. Not it's not. I am so devoid and I've been trying and I have nothing. This is the thing. Or, you know, I want, I want to live this other life because my life is awful. Yeah. It's I've been, I've been, I've been busting my ass my entire life and I'm literally almost there. Thanks to me. Yeah. And this was all her. That's her. I wish that's her. I wish song. (laughs) And it, but like, Oh, it, it bothers me a little bit that this, this princess, this first African-American princess has to still work a little bit harder. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. could get real into a lot of breaking all of this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a fairy tale for kids. And you know what? This fairy tale is telling, telling kids work hard and you Which will I'm, be rewarded. I am definitely hundred percent here for that. Yeah. So we, uh, we then cut back to uh, Naveen in the streets. He's a Yukon and a Jukin. Oh, right. There's a whole crowd around him. <laughs> He's strumming along and soft shoeing with that little kid. Yep. And he, again, Lawrence is just trying to do his job. And Naveen is essentially Fiero from Wicked. Yep. Remember like when he wheels in the trouble with school is all of that, that whole number. Yep. 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 That's, that's all Naveen is doing right here. Like <laughs> I have no responsibility. P.S. I'm broke. Um, and Lawrence is just trying to do his job. Yeah. He's, he's still juggling his bags around and, and yeah. what does he get for his trouble? Fat joke after fat joke after fat joke. But he does kind of pull him down a bit because he's like, yeah, you're not you you can't afford to buy all these people booze. You're broke as shit. Right. Like, well, he, and he needed that because he says you're surprisingly light on your feet for someone who can't see them. Yeah. Bitch. So no. Uh, but yeah, so they run into so what I'm saying is, is anybody surprised? <laughs> so Dr. Facilier shows up and tries to get them to. Well, he's got solutions for both their problems. So he lures them into Dr. Facilier's voodoo emporium and then uh, proceeds to give them a tarot reading. Oh, are you ready? They're about to leave and he's just like, hey, and starts the song. And I feel like the next time I'm in a job interview and it feels like it's going south, I'm just going to shout sing my interviewers into submission. Maybe <laughs> that's what I've been doing wrong. I mean, it's worth a shot. Literally. Are you ready? <laughs> I got friends on the other side. This is not really what we're looking for here at Dell. <laughs> so they're Dr. Facilier is trying to convince these guys to, to make a voodoo pact, ultimately promising riches for Naveen. He says he's going to give him green, which he does. Usually this is what's funny to me about this. Usually when someone, you know, when it's a monkey's paw kind of situation where, you know, uh, you know, careful what you wish for, whatever it's, the wishers semantics that caused the problems. Okay. But in this sense, it's Dr. Facilier. So he's setting this up for himself, which I guess, you know, master manipulator, whatever. Yep. It makes sense. Why, why does Naveen deserve to be the subject of semantic trickery? And then I remember the fat jokes. I'm like, yeah, all right. He needs to be put in his place for sure. So he gets turned into a, well, we actually don't really see what he gets turned into yet. Not yet. No, we see the blood taken. 
as the song ends. Into the talisman. Yes. Next scene is the masquerade ball. Masquerade. So uh, I have a note here Every face a asking shade. how octopuses work. That man has found a way to, you know, I mean, it's got to be, it's 1926, so it's all gears. It like, might be. It's yeah. a mechanical costume, it's which means be. it's heavy, which is, explains why he's drinking. Look, I'm just happy the octopus isn't playing the drums. That's that's fair. Let him get drunk. In real life, prohibition was in full effect there. Yep. So the fact that alcohol is. They is, didn't give two shits in New Orleans. I guess it's and, fair. And anybody. And this is a rich white dude's house. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also like on the riverboat and even in, at, at the end of her restaurant, mm-hmm. the authorities were in. I'm, I'm telling you in the South, in New Orleans, the authorities were not hard to pay off. Oh, that's fair. We, uh, we see Tiana um, at her beignet station. Yes. And her little medieval getup. And then uh, Charlotte, as Naveen arrives to the party very late, because obviously Naveen, well, like she's whining about how she never gets anything she wants. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then she wishes on that star again. She does wish on that star. And just as Tiana's like, you can't just wish on stars and expect shit to happen. You got to put some work in. Bloop. There he is. <laughs> and she wipes that runny mascara off and retouches that face and puts that beauty mark. That and I can't, beauty mark. I can't hate a bitch. She's got makeup game. Yeah. And then just... Descends the set. Descends she the doesn't stairs. just des- descend. She whistles for lights, throws glitter, and skitters? skitters scampers? Scampers. She scampers, scampers down, down the, the stairs. stairs. Uh, while this is all happening, the Fenners show up at the beignet table. Well, but first, so they dance. Oh, and yeah. that, that shot, that sequence is a reference to Beauty and the Beast, which itself is a reference to Sleeping Beauty. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, as that's going on, Tiana's at her little beignet table with her hands folded like, oh, sweet. And into frame slides a goofy looking horse. A goofy looking horse. Which turns out to be the Fenners. One is the head. One is the ass. They're both asses because they roll right into while they're cramming their face with Tiana's beignets. Yeah, 100%. And the one dude's just like basically cramming him down his pants, taking some to save for later. He's like, oh yeah, no, you were outbid. So yeah, even though we told you that, hey, because they took away the sign at that point. Like, they sure did. That meant that some they somebody else came in with more money and was just like, nah, this person that has worked but, her they, entire life. They know life. her. Yeah, they know her hurt. They know the work that she's put into. They even reference it. Someone with your history. Yeah. gross. <laughs> and then there's a scuffle and they end up knocking over her. Well, she falls back into her table because she is understandably emotional about these two brazen white men stealing her beignets and, and her dripping out. Like they were just like, okay, just letting I'm you know. So and mad. Then go away. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, you're right. They're the true villains of this piece. None they of this are. would have happened if it hadn't been for them. So she gets, uh, all beignet just as Charlotte runs up. And honestly, I was terrified the first time I was rushing. I was like her friend that she has known her entire life. It's about to come over and be like, why did you screw up my party? And she asks what happened and is super empathetic. I've got a dress that'll fit you. Let's go. And that's when Charlotte was okay for me. Yeah. She, I don't know. She seemed genuine about the whole thing. And so, yeah, they head upstairs. Charlotte's touching up her makeup again and reveal Yas blue dress. Yes. Uh, She's got a crown. She's got everything. She is. A princess. Well, and she's, as Charlotte's saying, you know, I guess wishing on stars is for babies and crazy people. And I'm like, well, you, girl, you both. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tiana comes out gorgeous. And this is the moment where I was like, who is her antagonist? Truly, who is Tiana's antagonist? And I have to say it's the Finners. Yeah, for sure. Because like Dr. Facilier isn't even interested in Tiana at all. Not really. Until the very end. Yeah, and that's only got the talisman. and that's only just saying, hey, like I can give you all this stuff if you want it, right? Like, and it's yeah. only because she's holding the talisman. Yep, we'll get there. We will get there. She goes downstairs for Naveen as Charlotte Tiana goes downstairs. Yes, as Tiana finally decides to make uh, a wish again. Yeah, so she goes out onto this nice big balcony, looks up at the star, wishes, and uh-huh. I don't think we mentioned this earlier, but. When she was a child wishing, uh-huh. there was a little frog that like showed up on the windowsill. Oh yeah. Um, 
and okay. scares the yes. crap out of her. It does. And it's a parallel moment. And this time she's not immediately scared. No, because now it's like, oh, she's here's like, well, another frog. I didn't do it then. And then starts talking to the frog saying, you know, well, well, I guess I got to kiss you. And then the frog talks back. And she has an appropriate response, which is to smash it with a book. So uh, they start talking. He's like, well, are you going to kiss me or what or whatever? And and right as they're about to go in and kiss, because it's like, what is it going to hurt? His his like frog neck expands. Yes. <laughs> and he's he, like, he does oh, this well, little. Well, that's new. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, like he says, you know, I'm this fabulously rich prince. Yeah, just feeding her lies, really, at this point. This voodoo thing, I will absolutely help you get your restaurant off the ground if you kiss me and I and I turn back. And look, I don't blame her. If a frog hopped up on our balcony and offered me $10,000 for a kiss, I would at least think about it. Uh, yeah, I'd do it, for sure. I mean, and then he sprays his breath with perfume to yeah. prepare for the kiss. I mean, all right. Yeah, they kiss and she gets affected by the same curse. And is turned into a frog. They fall off the balcony and get caught up in Charlotte's dress. She tips over. We see her, her underpinnings, her undercarriage. It's got like that big, like it's a cage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not hoop skirts. It's a cage. And then we get a streetcar reference with, um, big daddy going Stella. Oh, the dog's name is right. Stella. And yes, they're in new Orleans. Yes, yes. Like that's a streetcar reference. Got it. So they start getting chased through the party, kind of wrecking it a yeah. little bit. And they get tangled up in balloons. Um, get tangled up in balloons and start to float away and talk to the dog. This is the first time we oh, see yeah. <laughs> that the dog and it never is referenced again. We never come back to that. <laughs> and I th- it's I think it's literally just to set up that now all of these animals are talking, but it doesn't make any sense later when they get to the frog hunters, but we'll get there. So they float away on those balloons. Yep. And the camera pans down the camera, the shot pans down. And with to a creepy jester that's Dr. Facilier seeing the frogs get away. Yeah. And is realizing, oh shit. And he goes, he runs back inside where Naveen has gone back inside and he's realizing that the frog is gone. Yeah. Because they need his blood for the talisman or the magic will run out and they're going to keep doing this. Like uh, Lawrence is kind of dithering, right? Right. Um, you know, he, there's, there's still some thread of morality there. Uh, again, he was just trying to do his job. This is where we get the rest of the plan that like the idea is that right. Lawrence as fake Naveen will marry Charlotte. And then as soon as they're married, Facilier will use a voodoo doll to kill big daddy and uh, misogyny because Lawrence is married to Charlotte. He will now control that fortune and then they'll split it. Right. So, and then he will rule new Orleans quote unquote, because he'll be the richest man and a mover and a shaker. I mean, clearly big daddy, is influential and has some power in New Orleans. He's the Mardi Gras king for the fifth year in a row. It's a big honor. So, so we uh, cut to the nighttime in the bayou. They learned that they were lying to each other because he's like, no, I'm not really rich and all that. And she mentions she's a waitress right. and not a princess. So they're bickering about that. And then the balloons pop and they land on a log, supposedly. Yep. And it's not a log. It's actually an alligator. Yes. One of them is voiced by Emerald Gossi. Yeah. Which I didn't pick up on. Josh, you said you picked up on I it. Heard, I- it was one of those moments where I was like, "Who? I know that voice. So they, they escape into like the trunk of a tree. Well, before all of that happens, like there's, there's the catfish moment that scared the crap out oh, of me. Oh, that's right. Terror in the bayou. Terror in the bayou. There's the giant bird that's like, oh yeah. Well, it's not a giant, but it's a bird, <laughs> but they're frog size. As this is happening, she's basically like, well, we're just going to have to fix this and get you married. Yes. And then and as like, they're. He's like, are you sure she'll marry me? And she goes, you a prince? He's like, yes, she'll marry. She'll have you. (laughs) Yeah. Shade. Super shady. Such shade. So they end up in a tree trunk where. She rose at dawn. Yeah. To build a raft. Yeah. She got up ready to go. She does all of the physical and emotional labor in this film. So much without question. Without question. They get on this raft and he plucks a stick with some spider webs on it and it is. And it is a banjo and sounds like a banjo, which is some movie logic. If there ever was one. <laughs> so they're paddling along and they summon a beast with the ukulele and uh, it pops out of the water. And we are then introduced to Lewis, to Lewis, not Louie, not Louie, Lewis, Lewis. Apparently the song that Naveen was playing is Dipper Mouth Blues and Lewis identifies it. 
The first time I watched it, I was like, what did he just say? Oh. But then we had the the subtitles on, and it's a, a it's an old jazz song by King Oliver. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's it's a delightful little ditty. And the one recording that I could find on Spotify is like, it sounds OG. So yeah. it's got that like crackly old it's vinyl that, quality. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. So, uh, Lewis, Lewis pops out of the water, recognizes the song. Yes. They get a little scared for a second. And then he pulls out a trumpet from somewhere, from somewhere. And this isn't like, you know, it's not like a, a, a trumpet fashioned out of a tree nope. or something. That it's a, no, it's a, it's a brass trumpet. It's a brass trumpet. And somehow this but. alligator <laughs> can make the embouchure to play a trumpet. And he talks about how, how his biggest dream is to like play in a jazz band. And they're like, well, why haven't you? And he, I can't recall another cutaway joke like this in a Disney film. Yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> well, his, eye, his eyes poke up over the side. Yeah. And then he jumps onto a fairy. Uh-huh. So he starts to play his trumpet. Everybody freaks out. He jumps into the water because they start shooting him with guns. <laughs> Lots of guns. <laughs> Tiana and Naveen start explaining to Lewis about their situation, that they're, they're human. They talk about, they need help say that this happened through voodoo. And he goes, Oh no. Like the kind that mama Odie do. Oh, right. Right. Because that's how that's where we get to the next journey. It's like he's going to take them to Mama Odie. And there's that great visual reference when he puts his head into the tree and does the like pulls the hair. Sure. That's a reference to Madame Mim from uh, Sword and Stone. Okay. Like it's she does that thing when she is singing her song and she pulls her hair and she goes poof. So yeah, they decide that yes, Mama Odie is the solution. She's got voodoo. Um, so they're going to go there and then on their way they start singing when we're human and they're dreaming about how their lives are going to change once they are changed themselves. And this is the moment that you asked me, why is she paddling? She's paddling the alligator who should be swimming through the water. Right. Presumably with the tail, but as they're singing, singing this group, I wish song. Yes. And she's just like, God willing, I can just get right back to where I was and do exactly what I was doing because I've worked my whole damn life. I've worked too damn hard for this shit to just crumble now. <laughs> as I literally do all of the emotional and physical labor of this trio to get us to where we're going because this alligator isn't even swimming. They're also wreaking havoc through the bayou while they're doing this. Yes, it's shenanigans. Meanwhile, back in the city, Charlotte and fake Naveen are having a bit of a, a bit of a tea, a bit of a lunch, a bit of a lunch, a bit of a lunch. <laughs> and his whole demeanor trying to be Naveen is with, with that accent and that voice. During this, he starts to, the voodoo starts to wear off on him. So he has to quickly propose as yeah. his ear explodes and then his ass get real fat. Like dead ass. And it, it was, and it makes a fart noise when it has just ass like a trunk, trunk, <laughs> trunk. He looks at the talisman and it's running out of juice, which in this case is Naveen's blood. Right. We cut back to them and uh, Dr. Facilier basically like, hey, what the hell's going on here? And then they realize that they need to get the frog. Yes. He, so he quickly proposes Charlotte runs off to go play in this wedding. That is apparently going to happen in three days. This is where my suspension of disbelief broke. You can't tell me this woman, this particular woman is going to be happy with a wedding that she can throw in three days. The masquerade. It seems like she put on pretty quickly as well. Like she didn't have a mm, food vendor. It's start of Mardi Gras. They were probably, they were already having a masquerade ball. They Fair decided enough. to, like say it was you in his up. honor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He takes the talisman off. We really see that effect. Although we saw it earlier upon like, like we said, they told Lewis, they got turned into frogs by voodoo. He mentions mama Odie and they begin to take him there. It's night two of being frogs midnight on the bayou or evening on the bayou. And they realize that they're hungry and their bodies just start to do what comes naturally, which is eat bugs. Yes. <laughs> and they get tongue tied. Yes. Literally as they're eating. Lewis tries to help them get untied and makes it worse. Oh, and then says he's going to go off and grab a you sharp stick. You know what help here? A sharp stick. And he just toddles off. And then enter Ray, the creepy Cajun. I don't think he's creepy. I think he's endearing. Look, if we, we learn that he is endearing, but I'm sorry. If you're in the bayou in the middle of the night, and you're casually tied to someone and this guy comes up to help you. Yeah. A little bit creepy. It's so a little bit creepy. he does invade their space he does and lights up his butt there's another fart joke 
Yeah. Well, no, it's kind of like a light bulb joke because he he uh, he has to like screw his 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 butt on to make him like. And then light there's out. a fart noise, and he goes, "Oops, excuse me." Oh, <laughs> farts are funny. I hear every fart joke. Yes. Sometimes I smell them. Anyways, so he dives in, and there's like tool noises. Yeah, like he's he's performing construction inside these frogs. But yeah, untangles them. They spring apart. Lewis comes back and sees that they're fixed. And they say, you know, uh, they tell Ray that they're trying to find Mama Odie. And he's like, you're going the wrong way. And Ray says, never, never trust directions from a gator or something like that. Well, first, Naveen says that Ray's accent is funny. And I'm like, pot kettle. Um, because yes. <laughs> we still don't really know Jeez. the, so, like, I think it's, por- I think it's Portuguese at one point. It, I think the subtitles say French, but I think they're referring to what Ray is saying. Yeah. You might be right. They say, you know, they're like, well, we have a secret. We're not really from here. And he goes, y'all from Shreveport. <laughs> that's, that's where my family's from. It's like, yeah. Why? Well, yes, Ray. Yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, they're going to mama Odie's and suddenly here we are. Everyone. It's Randy Newman. <laughs> Wait, what? Cousin Randy, and they they start singing. Um, oh, right. There's a there's a firefly that is voiced by by uh Paul. No, sorry, not no. Paul Newman. <laughs> Randy Newman. Why did this movie have so much salad dressing product placement? Oh, Randy Newman is voicing a one of the fireflies, and that's what starts the song. I'm gonna I take like, you there, yeah. And at this point, we like it's it's kind of a montage of everybody kind of going through. The fireflies are lighting the way. The fireflies are fireworks. There's a little bit of firefly drag at one point. Yes. There's the grandma firefly who has a walker for some reason. What? And then turns her butt back on by. Does she clap? Yes, she claps. That's too much. So la-di-da, the song continues. They're going on to Mama Odie's cut to Dr. Dr. Facilier. So at this point, he now needs to make a deal with the friends on the other side. Um, For a little additional help. Yeah, because they need to get the frog back in order for his whole plan to work. Mm-hmm. He makes a deal with them, basically says, hey, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i trading myself for the help of your shadow people to get the frogs back. They were creepy. If if I had watched this as a child, these scenes would have scared me. Yep. And the shadow monsters, they take off into the bayou. Yes. Well, he makes a deal with the friends on the other side. Specifically, like this is where we get the piece about souls. Because this wasn't discussed before. What do you like mean? His end goal is yes, he'll get to run New Orleans because he's supplying his friends with the other side on this endless amount of souls. So somehow he's going to not just run New Orleans, but also corrupt it. And so, yeah, the shadows, they go off into the bayou. Mm-hmm. We then cut back to the frog hunters or the Cajun Three Stooges. I mean, they, <laughs> they come up on them slowly. Lewis realizes they have guns. Look at them jumpers. I just. So we have Darnell, Two Fingers, and Reggie. Yeah, these frog hunters led by Reggie. Darnell is uh, the less educated one. This feels almost too, tro- it almost gets uncomfortably tropey. It does. For but then sure. there's Two Fingers who literally just has two fingers and mumbles a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they proceed to try to capture the two frogs. Yes. Because um, they want to eat these tiny frogs, even though there's probably things in that swamp that are probably more nutritious. I mean, there's literally a pumpkin. Shoot a gator. Have you ever had fried alligator? No, I haven't. Oh, it's good. Is it? Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. There's a restaurant right up the road. I could take you. Uh, Papa Dose. I don't know about that. So yeah, there's, it's a three stooges uh, sequence. The, the frogs are causing a ruckus and bouncing around at one pay. At one point, Darnell says, I will make him pay for his insolence. And I nearly (laughs) peed myself. (laughs) The is in front of the dad's crotch at one point, and then they take the shot and he shoots his dick off <laughs> basically. And, and you get like that classic Disney hearts underwear. Like, I don't know if that's these just, bullets have magically only disintegrated his pants, right? Not the underwear underneath. I mean, these jumpers ain't like right. They smart or whatever. The frogs then talk to them, right? Freak them the fuck out. Here's the thing. <laughs> Does does this mean that all animals can talk and they just choose not to? Because Tiana could only understand animals once she became a frog. Right. Or maybe it's just that they're the nexus. They can talk to humans and animals because oh, they are humans who the are animals. Are, yes. But this isn't ever explicitly stated. It's frustrating. It is a little frustrating. They then take off and that's the last time we see those hunters. Yeah, because it was just again, a- it's a reasonable reaction to two tr- talking frogs. <laughs> so they uh, everybody gets hungry. Yes. And who starts making food? 
<laughs> because nobody else, like literally, Naveen, Naveen even says, "I'm I'm so rich, I never learned how to do anything." Uh, you know, what? I'll take a cocktail or like or a pre dinner. So she starts to show him like how to mince mushrooms. Look, he was already a little mincing, <laughs> and I can say that because I'm a homosexual. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they make some some swamp gumbo. In a pumpkin. In a pumpkin. Which I tried to Google. I couldn't get a definitive answer in the 10 seconds I tried to Google this about whether or not pumpkins grow in the swamp. That does seem a little out of place. Right. They start, there's a there's a song that happens here. My belle, Where we learn that this fire, firefly is in love with the star. And look, I get that it's only the 20s, but I would be a little concerned for this individual's well-being. He's a firefly. His brain is like the size. Sure. But that old lady has a wig and a walker. Like somebody's <laughs> got to be concerned that this man bug has fallen in love with the star. I would be concerned, but yeah, they start having this really, this really, it's actually a really good song. I liked this one. Oh, it's a gorgeous song. Yeah. And, uh, they start dancing. Tiana's it's like, so Oh, I don't cute. dance. And Naveen's like hogwash. You've taught me life skills like cooking. Let me repay you by showing you how to dance. Paddle a damn raft, Naveen. That's how you can show me your goddamn appreciation. (laughs) They end up underwater at one point. Ray was using different colored leaves to change the light under the water. Yeah, it was really Or like gels. (laughs) From red to green. From red to green. Yeah. Oh, did we talk about the shadows are like on their trail at this point? Oh, yeah. So that sound that they make. Terrifying. So scary. Yeah. Like as a child, that would have. sent shivers down my spine as a child i peed a little as an adult yeah (laughs) did you actually you're gonna just gloss right over that i'm not gonna gloss right over that you did not pee don't lie to our listeners i'll never tell gross (laughs) all right so they finish eating yes in this dance Mm -hmm. and then they take off and right as they're about to take off, the ghosts show up. Yeah, they snag um, Naveen's leg. Naveen's leg, yes. And start pulling him off. They're trying to pull them away from it. There's a struggle. And then from the distance. From the darkness comes light. Mama Odie. Mama Odie. She zaps the shadows away, basically takes them to her tree hut. Yes. Tree house, um, where she says that she's a. A 197-year-old blind lady. And can we talk about Juju Snake? Because Juju is my favorite thing. He's precious. He's got that a little bit of that Ka. Like, he kind of looks like Ka from a bit. Uh, Robin Hood. But his eyes are but like, actually snake-like. It's it's a it's a snake that I'd want to be a friend with. Like, he super seems sweet. useful. And, like... Helpful. Yeah, very helpful to, to her. And, yeah. He I, really cares for that old blind lady. Yeah. And speaking of, Mama Odie uh, was inspired and patterned after the late famed New Orleans storyteller Colleen Sally. Oh. Um, even down to, like, the, the character's voice. She consulted on the movie, but didn't... Uh, she passed away before the movie um, oh. actually was released. Oh, that sucks. Even down to the lines that Common um, saying in her stories was, you ain't got the sense she was born with. Which, in general, is a saying I heard a lot as a child. The whole role was an homage to her and like she helped inform sort of uh, a degree of authenticity about the movie and about the storytelling. Yeah, she was also she was credited in yeah. the movie as well. Yeah. So Tiana is uh, helping Mama Odie with her tub gumbo. Tub gumbo. <laughs> like she it gives just her, looks so gross. She tells her to hit hit it hit it strong, hit it good, s- smack it nice with with two two shakes of Tabasco. Yep, which Juju brings in just bloop, bloop, yep. and then dips out. That's what it needed. And then, you know, they start talking about their problem, and she's and we go into the second act gospel number. Dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. This was one of the ones that was uh, was nominated for yes. an Oscar. I mean, obviously. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a super, great song. Super catchy. It's the second act gospel number. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yep. Which is remind the hero that they're almost there. <laughs> There's a bit of metaphor going on in the song, apparently, because she keeps asking him, did you get it? Do you, do you understand what you need now? And Tiana's just like, well, I've just got to work harder and dig deeper. And she's like, no, girl. But well, then what? It, like this, this part was a little bit vague for me because yeah. because she eventually says, well, if you can't figure that out, the surefire way for this to happen is for him to kiss a princess, which is how we get the, you know, he's the Mardi Gras king and 
Lottie's the Mardi Gras princess, but I don't understand what the other message that mama Odie was trying to tell them was. Yeah, Cause, cause the message thus far has been, Hey, work hard and you're going to get what you need. And like, and the eventual solve for them is for him to marry her and then to kiss. So maybe it's her, maybe what mama Odie is telling them is, is just pay attention to what's happening right here. And that's what you, need. yeah, that you don't need to go any further. You, you don't need to do any more work because you're already here. Right. Yeah. And ultimately Naveen will become a rich man when he realizes that what he needs is love and yeah. Tiana will become human again when she realizes that what she needs is love and that they can get what they need from each other. It's um, just not that evident is yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I honestly, I meant to write that down because that was a little bit confusing, but I also thought, well, maybe I just missed something. Also, when she, y'all want some candy? <laughs> what a crap out of her pocket. Well, too bad. This is special candy. Go make you human again. Just the whole thing was hysterical. The only reason why Lewis was going with these guys was because he wants to be changed into a human as well. He even bats his eyelashes at her. Yeah. <laughs> Explaining to her that he doesn't want an Audi. He wants an innie. And like, <laughs> <laughs> just super cute. But she, and she says the same thing to him. She's like, you, you've got everything you need. And then uh, we also get another clock at this point that she has till midnight to kiss. Well, it's that Lottie only classifies as a princess until midnight. Once Mardi Gras is over, she's no longer a princess. Right. And that just so happens to coincide with when Tiana needs to get money to the bank or not the bank, but the real There's a couple of clocks here. And that's basically affirming that we need to get this going. Like you, your window is closing. Right. Even though mama Odie knows that they just need to get together and kiss. So they need to hurry and get back to the city. And the fastest way to do that is by riverboat. Yep. And it just so happens that it's costume night on the riverboat. Well, it's well, it's Mardi Gras. Oh, okay. They're having a Mardi Gras party on the riverboat. And the band is dressed like animals. And so when Lewis jumps on board as an alligator. Holding a trumpet. He joins the band. Yeah, they're like, hey, can you play that? And he's like. <laughs> and they invite him to join the band. While this is happening, Naveen is setting up a, a sort of love nest. A romantic enclave. <laughs> He's made a an engagement ring out of a bead and no, it's a pearl. A, well, a pearl and a champagne, the wire from a champagne cork. Yep. And he sets up like he dices something. Oh, he minces minces. He minces a whole bunch of whatever. And he's a just like, Hey, bunch of look, whatever. I made you all this minced stuff. And he's got that bow tie on. That's a moth <laughs> that is named Bo B E A U X. Oh yeah. The subtitles is like, thanks Bo. Oh, that's cute. Good luck. <laughs> or whatever it is that he says. So they start talking and uh, Naveen is wanting to like, he's trying to, to get it to the point where he can, you know, say that he wants to marry her or profess his love, but he's having a hard time doing it. And at one point even says that he has slept with thousands of women, <laughs> thousands of women thousands. in the twenties. That's a lot. Girl. I hope you got checked for syphilis. He's got that slipless. If you know what I mean? <sighs> So before he has a chance to actually propose the riverboat passes where the sugar mill is yep. where her restaurant's going to be. And she starts reminiscing about that. And when she says, you know, when she refers to to our food or, or us or whatever, he's, he gets excited, mm -hmm. not realizing that she's talking about her father's dream, but it, that doesn't, doesn't mean that he can't be a part of that whole situation. No. And like she even, he even says, well, like, is there any room for a ukulele player or whatever? And she's like, she's yeah, like, yeah, of course. You I'll have to ask the owner. The owner says, yes, like it's so cute. She's clearly in on it. Yeah. But he uses it as a reason to, to get dejected. But this is also, this is where Naveen realizes that this is actually truly what she wants and that he is going to try to do everything he can to get her that. Yes, he's but kind he's of flipping still, that switch. Sure, but he's still not proposing, right? Because, because now he thinks but now he has point, to do that to get right, 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 and he has to do it to Charlotte to make it work. He doesn't. They still don't realize he was going to propose, knowing he had to kiss Charlotte. Right. At any rate, he leaves dejected. Is the point and goes to find Ray and Lewis, but then he gets kidnapped by shadow creatures. Right. We then cut to the Mardi Gras parade, which is in full swing right now. Yep. They're throwing out beads like really angrily. Yeah. The dudes, I feel like it's, it's an in joke. It's an Easter egg. Like those are supposed to be specific people, but the dudes throwing these beads just look so mad about it. Yeah. Here's your damn beads. You damn sinners. Charlotte shows up outside and Naveen's he, house and fake Naveen isn't out there because they have, they don't have the frog yet and right. he's still a fat white man, but the frog is on the way 
from the from the yeah the shadows come in and they they kind of startle because uh facilia thinks this numbers is up but they have naveen so they're able to you know get some because that's where naveen realizes that lawrence is in on it and he uses the talisman to snip the blood off yep and meanwhile, Ray and Louis and Tiana are looking for Naveen in the Mardi Gras parade, wh- which is when Ray ahead. spoils that Naveen was going to propose. And that's why she gets so excited. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. She thinks that Naveen has headed to the float to kiss Charlotte on the float. Oh, right. That's why when she's talking about where they're going to go, she goes, you know, just look for the biggest float because that's where Charlotte's going to be, which right. is where Naveen's going to be heading. And they come through the crowd. And there's Naveen as a human, but she's not changed yet. Right. So th- at this point she thinks, Oh no, something is either wrong or that she is cursed to be a frog forever. Right. Whereas Ray is wise enough to believe the voodoo and know that something's up. Yeah, exactly. She goes into a cemetery, which I didn't realize that there were cemeteries all everywhere. over the city. Like you can actually Google the one she goes into because you can see the name of the cemetery. It's the Lafayette Lafayette cemetery. Yeah. You could freeze frame it. You could pause it and you can Google that cemetery. Yeah. They were very specific with their locations in this. And most of them are mausoleums because um, the floodplains are so low. They're below sea level in oh, New Orleans, okay. especially that far into the Delta. Mm-hmm. They won't bury people underground. They build them and entomb them in mausoleum. Yeah. So Ray goes to the float, flies up to it, trying to figure out what's going on. Yes. Sees that the frog is captured in a chest on the float for some reason. Why Facilier wouldn't have that with him is kind of weird. Yeah. You'd think like, keep that thing closest to you. Like this is literally the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But plot. Yeah. So Ray picks the lock using whatever construction tools he used. (laughs) Well, no, he like contorts himself into a key shape and then goes like slides in. And then then the lock lights up and you hear those construction sounds again. Naveen pops out, goes straight for the talisman. Yep. Facilier realizes what's happening. Yeah. Cause like, it's all about to happen. Like this is the moment where he's going to succeed. And then it all just goes to falls shit. apart. <laughs> Naveen and Lawrence jump off the float. Yep. Naveen is asking Lawrence why he's doing it. And Lawrence is like you, because you treated me like crap. And then Facilier comes out of the shadows. Naveen gets the talisman off of Lawrence and then it bounces around for a bit. Ray grabs it. He's like, Oh, I got it. Oh no, it got me. Uh, and then he drags it out. Yep. So now Lawrence is Lawrence. And when they open the church door and Charlotte sees him, she screams and runs off (laughs) as Ray is hurrying to the cemetery to find Tiana. Yes. And give her the talisman trying to basically explain like, Hey, this is what's actually happening. Cause right at this point is she's at her lowest. That's right. Yes. He's, he's going back to explain what's happening and the shadows chase him, but Ray starts to fight them off because he's a lightning bug. He's a firefly and they're shadows. And just as he's getting the better of them, Basilius steps on him. Well, swats him and then steps on him. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a crunch. There's like a, yeah, they did they some Foley was, work and ugh. it's at this point that I thought, Oh God, Disney's going to make me feel bad for a bug again. <laughs> Tiana eventually gets the amulet and Facilier blows some of his dream powder. This is really the only point where Facilier is actually actively trying. Yeah. Adversarial yeah. to Tiana because she got the amulet. Right. And it's basically saying, Hey, I'll give you all these things that you want. I just need this, the, the, the talisman. It's it's the same art style as like what had happened earlier. Yeah, well, kind very, of. It's, it's yeah, it's, got the Art Nouveau feel or Art Deco. It is Art Deco. Art Deco. Yeah, but yeah, she's just like my daddy. You know, this isn't me. the way that I was raised. I need to work for it. She goes to smash the talisman, and the the shadow man catches it. What happens next? Well, he's like, y'all should have taken my deal, and he sticks her with the cane, and he looks like he's about to. Oh yeah, smashed her to, with that cane to squish her, and he talks about her being slimy and this is where again there we, we haven't talked about it before but she's like it's not slime it's mucus and it's said like you know like a a one of those uh, kind of like not my daughter you bitch like molly weasley <laughs> and, like, and she whips her tongue out grabs that talisman and, and smashes, smashes it, it. And, and at this point immediately oh, do, 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 like the music starts back up yep and all of the uh the the shadow the little like mass demons heads. Well, one of them looks like it's the, it's the, um, is it the Madame Leota or the bride that's on the tombstone outside of Haunted Mansion? The woman one? Oh, yeah. That's from Haunted Mansion. That's a reference to Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. The voodoo dolls come up out of the ground. Yeah, like everything's coming out and like they basically 
kill Dr. Facilier. They drag his ass to hell. And it's a big tombstone that has his name, Facilier, Mm -hmm. on it. Um, And that's the end of him. Uh, So we cut back to uh, Charlotte on the steps. Trying to figure out what's what well, Naveen has found her yes. has expl- and has tried to explain the situation again. And he has the exact, she has the exact same reaction Tiana did, which is to smash him with a book, smash him with a book, but then immediately be like, Oh, Oh wait. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, as Lawrence is getting hauled off by the cops, like he's finishing telling the whole story. She's like, let me get this straight. I just got to kiss you. We're going to get married. You'll be a prince. Everything's fine. And he's like, yes, but you have to give Tiana the money for her restaurant. Yep. Because she's my evangelist. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> She don't know it, but he just said, I'm only marrying you for your money. I really love her. And she's okay with it. She's all right with it because at least she's going to be a princess. Yeah, which is all that she wanted. Well, and then Tiana comes up and she's like, no, you can't. And he's like, but I got to give you your dream. She's like, but my dream wouldn't be complete without you. And in my head, I'm going, y'all known each other for three days. Yeah. As frogs, because I'm a jaded, bitter human. Yeah, she has. I mean, well, no, she did. Did she see him at any point? Once during the montage, but like he tries to flirt with second. her and she blows him off. Yeah, the very beginning. So and she saw him arrive at the party. Sure. Well, fake him, but fairy tales ain't for me, y'all. Love is real. I've got it staring me in the face. I'm not gonna berate yeah. a fairy tale for not being realistic. But girl, it's been three days. And so Charlotte then starts parroting all of this back to them, wasting time, essentially. Wasting so much time. And she's finally like, well, you know, oh, well, we don't have to get married. Y'all can get married and, and it'll be fine. Right we can just kiss right now. just kiss right now. Dong. And she's like, oh, well, maybe it all clocks slow. She's just kissing this frog and nothing is happening. Yeah. So everybody's kind of sad a little bit that none of this has panned out. Well, but they've already decided they're like cool with living as frogs because then Lewis comes up with Ray Oh, yeah. And it's time to cry about a bug. They set Ray down and he's like, y'all ain't changed back. We're going to live together as frogs. He's like, oh, I like that very much. And I think Evangeline like that too. And then it starts to rain. <laughs> and then it start, in case you didn't know you needed to be sad. It's raining. And then suddenly, you know, we have this flight of the fireflies funeral procession. Mm-hmm. I swear when those fireflies put that body on that leaf in that river, I thought a catfish was going <laughs> to jump up and eat Ray. Could you imagine? You know, they probably thought about it. <laughs> it's just everybody just goes, ah! <laughs> and then suddenly he appears as a new star next to Evangeline. It's not how any of this works. But again, but it's a fairy tale. It and is. I ain't going to hang on the it. stars are kind of almost like they're holding hands. Like little it's ends. cute. It's really cute. It's cute that he was rewarded for his obsession of a star. She even said at one point, it's a ball of gas thousands of miles away. We then go to a Bayou wedding and the frogs and mama Odie are on a, or at the altar or whatever swamp altar. This gorgeous swamp altar. They pronounce them husband and wife. They have just decided they're going to live as frogs. They they both have families. Yeah. She's got a mother. He's got two parents and a brother. They're just going to disappear in new Orleans after Mardi Gras. What are their parents going to think? They're going to call home. Show up on Eudora's front door on a Sunday, like she opens it, and it's that whole thing where she has to look down. Yeah. It's like, Mama, I'd like you to meet my husband. <laughs> but thankfully, they kiss and they turn back into humans because and smash the altar that they were standing on. Just destroy it. And mom, I mean, not like Mama Odie cares. Juju might care a little bit. Juju he probably had care. to put some work into it. <laughs> but then, so. They have had their swamp wedding. They have their real wedding. Yeah. W- can we talk about that really quick? Okay. Now we need to have a wedding for humans. The frog wedding wasn't really. Legal. You can throw shade, but it's literally what we were going to do. Fair enough. We had our little g- gay Vegas wedding for our close swamp friends. <laughs> and then we were going to throw a bigger one. But if you came to our wedding, thank you for being our swamp friend. I thought it was funny when they threw the the bouquet back and that gaggle of women that Charlotte elbowed out the way and then grabbed that like she should. Yes. And they were just jealous AF. Of course. (laughs) And then Charlotte works her way back inside and decides that she's going to introduce herself to Naveen's brother, who is six. (laughs) And Charlotte is at least 18. Yeah. Yeah. After they get married, they're they're still going to make her dream come true. And they go back to those property brothers and they, it's the same amount of money. It's the same coffee cans. The only difference is they've got Lewis growling at the realtors. Oh, right. To give her the deed. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is kind of her defeating the villains. Yeah. Who were just two white dudes who had to be threatened into not 
screwing over the black woman. Justice for yes. Tiana. We then cut to Tiana's place. Yes. It's built. It's it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. We and, get that reprise of Down in New Orleans. Yep. We get the Firefly 5 plus Lou. Oh, yeah. That's what the band is called mm-hmm. that's playing there. And uh, Lewis is, is playing the trumpet and Naveen is playing the ukulele yep. on stage. And nobody bats an eye at that alligator playing a trumpet. Nope. Because apparently everybody's now accepted that animals talk. Or can at least play the trumpet. Or at least play the we trumpet. still don't know if Lou can talk to anybody but Tiana and Naveen. Yeah. And then he, he might not even be able to talk to them. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense, but it is. It's an anime. It's an animated movie. It like, is. And it's magical and, and delightful. But I do need a full size Tiana plate, Tiana's place restaurant in a park. They have one on the cruise line, oh. but I want one that looks like that. I want that experience. That's and I want cool. Oprah and Anika Noni Rose to open it. <laughs> so that's, that's the movie. We get to the credits. Uh, we get the, the we get original a little song by Neo by Neo Oof, by Neo. Remember Neo y'all. <laughs> and then we get a bit of an homage to um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Cause there's the shed. Yeah, the so they've got like artwork that's like behind again, very Mary Blair. Yeah, and it's yeah the shed from uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean right when you're the restaurant right before you drop on the waterfall. Yep, and then there is a drop on the waterfall, yep. and that's kind of the. But yeah, it was it was really great. Um, I don't know what it, what did you think about this? I adored it. It's a shame it took me eleven years to see this or ten years to see this film. I I remember this coming out. And I mean, this is 2009. I was in college at the time. I really wasn't watching movies like that. I absolutely was because I definitely went and saw up by myself in the theaters. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to go to a midnight showing at the Regal Cinemas right over um, by where I get my wigs. And I posted on Facebook, going to go see a midnight showing of up. Anybody want to come with me? Nobody came with me. I was one of like seven people in that theater silently sobbing into my (laughs) giant popcorn for the first 10 minutes of that movie. I can't. Even the song, like if that, if they start playing that at Disneyland, I I start crying. Yeah. So there's some other details about this, um, that we just kind of wanted to share. This was the, uh, Walt Disney animations first musical that was not released on VHS. Fans of this movie are called Frogger. So weird. (laughs) Isn't it though? Uh, and originally Alan Menken, uh, was kind of the automatic choice from, uh, Ron Clemens and John Musker, the, because of the Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. They had been working together since the Little Mermaid, yeah. but, uh, John Lasseter kind of insisted that Randy Newman be used, um, in the new Orleans setting just because they didn't want to have like the musicals being repetitive. I can see that. And Randy Newman really does have that kind of like bouncy jazzy musical style, but for sure. But I feel like he was used in a bunch of Pixar movies. So like, yeah, the repetitiveness, I don't know about that argument. So yeah, let's, uh, do we have any final thoughts here? No, like I said, I loved it. I love the music. Again, some of my favorite memories of being in the park is like being at that French quarter restaurant where they have the beignets and, woman singing song whether or not she was actually supposed to be tiana singing songs from this show it's just it's delightful like i said i'm I'm mad that i hadn't watched it before this i really like it a lot it's, and it's again probably my favorite princess tiana movie. might be my favorite princess because yeah. she's mulan and tiana are like the most the princesses with the most agency and i just i, mm-hmm. I love it so do you want to talk about what movie we're going to do next? Oh God, what are we going to do next? We've done something I've seen. We've done something you've seen. We've done something neither of us has seen. Do we do something we've both seen? Do we revisit a, an oldie that we both like? I don't know if any of them have really like jumped out at me of being like, this is, I, I want to do this movie next or something like that. Um, you know what? We could do another one that neither of us has seen. What is that one? And dip a toe into this live action world and watch the new Aladdin. We haven't seen Aladdin. Maybe we do that. Let's do that. All right. So yeah, next week is going to be, or sorry, uh, in two weeks, two weeks, it's going to be Aladdin. Yes. The new one, the new one. <laughs> so, uh, where can they find us on social media? Um, well, they can find you as C L N C Y on Twitter and Instagram. And they can find you at, uh, Josh watching TV mm-hmm. without the G mm-hmm. on both platforms as well. Yes. And then we're nonplussed pod on everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you have a submission that you want to make submissions at nonplusspod.com. Yep. Uh, you can send us an idea of a movie that, that maybe we haven't talked about or, or something that we're yeah, If idea you've got a fave or, you want us to cover, send it in via the email. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, just remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe yes, to us. Do that. And uh, that's that's all that I can think of. That's all I can think of. Well, uh, well, that's Josh over there, and that's Clancy, and we're nonplussed. We're nonplussed. God, it was adorable and I loved it. We're so fucking cute. And originally, Alan Meerkat. Alan Meerkat? Alan Meerkat. Alan Alan Menkin. All right. Ellen Merkin. (laughs) I'm Helen Mirren. And I'm Kate Bush. And I'm Leafy Brownbriar. Come on. (laughs)